0: Welcome to Manufacturing Tomorrow, focusing on advanced manufacturing innovations, solutions and partnerships that exist in our region now and in the future. Welcome to Manufacturing Tomorrow, a new podcast series about manufacturing innovation brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Marty Kress, I'm your host. Today we're speaking with Representative Mark Romanchuk. While Mark might be new to the Ohio House of Representatives, his company's been in existence for 50 years in Ohio and he, they've got a most interesting background in systems engineering and management. In addition to representing the Richland County in the State House, Mark is the owner and president of PR Machine Works, a contract manufacturer in Ontario, Ohio that does precision machining, fabrication, and assembly. Prior to PR Machine Works, Mark worked at Hughes Aircraft Company and was a technical advisor to the U.S. Navy. He's a member of the National Tooling and Machining Association. He served as regional team leader for the state's Ohio Skills Bank, an effort to develop regional manufacturing career paths. And additionally, he's the co-founder and past president of the Regional Manufacturing Coalition. Mark, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you in the studio today. Thanks for having me, Marty. Mark, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and you're one of our most unique guests in that you have experience both as an owner of a small business and as a policymaker in the state of Ohio. Your company's been in Ohio for 30 years. That in itself is quite a testimony. Could you tell us about your customers, and could you tell us about... The expansion plans that you've been able to implement to further expand your relationship to the state?
1: Actually, Marty, um, I'm second generation. The business was founded in 1964 by my father. So we're celebrating our 50th year anniversary this year. Um, we're, we're a contract manufacturer, which means we make other people's products. Um, we're in the metalworking field, so uh, as you said, we do machining, welding, fabrication, assembly, and test. And we're in markets such as the automotive uh, industry. We do work for oil and gas, um, firefighting, and off-road vehicles.
0: That's a pretty diverse set of customers. Mark, when I was reading up about your company, you made a key decision a while back to go from a military DOD contractor to commercial Is that based on the changing nature of the market?
1: It certainly was. Uh, Up until the early 90s, uh, the company was primarily a defense contractor. And if you recall what was going on in the early 90s, uh, President Clinton had come to office, the Cold War was over, uh, so therefore uh, all that military spending that had happened up to that point was starting to wind down. So it was important that uh, the business convert itself from military-based over to commercial-based.
0: What makes Ohio attractive for a company like yours? What assets, skills, capabilities are most appealing?
1: Certainly geography plays a role, um, and manufacturing is the third, we're the third largest manufacturing state in the country. But also, most importantly, it's the people. Uh, We have some of the best craftsmen the world has probably ever known. And uh, to give you an example of that, uh, we do some business in Texas. And I can remember when a Texas, this Texas company came to Ohio and uh, was uh, talking with us about doing some business. And I can tell you that uh, they were very concerned about the complexity of the part. But as I sh- uh, sat there and listened to them and looked at the print, I thought, well, this isn't really a tough part. This is an everyday part for us. So it just gives you an example of the core competency that exists in Ohio and especially in our craftsmen.
0: So when you look at your market, are you a U.S.-based supplier or are you going global? We're
1: primarily a U.S.-based supplier, however, a lot of our customers are shipping globally.
0: Overseas. Mm -hmm. Another uh, unique thing about your corporation PR Machine Works, your early adapter of technology, when I read about your uh, father, computer numerical controls, talk about how important that was, and in today's context, how much more important it is.
1: What well, was absolutely cru- crucial back in the 70s, when my father was the first one in the area to buy us computer numerical controlled machine, or, or CNC, and that the reason that became so important is because quality standards were rising, and these computer uh, controlled machines uh, made for a better part and uh, in less scrap, more efficiency. So that was the leading edge of this revolution that we've seen happen in manufacturing where everything's become very high tech very automated and it's much different uh, place than it was 40 years ago.
0: Oh, a key theme we've had on the show so far is the role of automation, robotics, network process controls and as you indicated it just keeps accelerating, actually yeah. getting more innovative in that context what are the things that keep you awake at night in terms of innovation and technology, and what are the key resources that you rely upon? Well,
1: certainly, um, we've tried to be a lean adapter as well, and um, you know, lean is just simply eliminating waste in your processes and, in, and within your businesses, and and you don't need fancy equipment to do that. Um, so it's just how you design your processes and and the way you implement uh, certain things that you do is, f- is so very important. But also what keeps me up at night is uh, the lack of uh, skilled people today. Um, we uh, are finding that the trades are no longer exciting to our young people, so therefore the pipeline of people coming through are uh, getting a. S- slimmer and slimmer, and then for us to compete globally, we're going to need the best uh, workforce in the world.
0: With your policy making hat on, I noticed the key initiative you have was to capture the returning vets and to put them to work. Is that part of the gap filling strategy for you?
1: It certainly is. Um, that's an untapped market. We have a lot of veterans coming back and getting out of the military, and, and, and they need jobs there they're good workers, they're disciplined. Uh, Some of them don't always have uh, the skills needed, but they're certainly uh, capable of being trained and they make for some very, very good workers.
0: Are you engaged in any productive public, private, or industry academic partnerships? And again, if you could put your policy hat on, if you could tell people, if we could do one thing that would best help a supplier network, small businesses, what should we be focused on?
1: Well, we we try and uh, uh, partner with our local community college. I think our community colleges and our career centers in Ohio are second to none. And um, I think it's so important that businesses have a foot in both uh, worlds, one in the career centers for those uh, K-12 through 12 kids that are coming through uh, and graduating, but also in our community colleges. And they can play a huge role in Retraining some of the displaced workers, people that maybe their skills have gotten a little bit stale. They can be updated through the community college process. So together, the career centers and the community colleges can play a very, very large role in uh, keeping our workforce uh, world-class.
0: How does your role as a small business and someone that understands A to Z of advanced manufacturing help in your day job up in the, at the State House? And do people look at you as a go-to person in a lot of these issues?
1: Well, I'd like to think so. Um, you know, what makes a, a good functioning legislature is is balance. And uh, we need uh, manufacturers in the State House, if, if possible, seeing again that Ohio is so, manufacturing is so important to Ohio. But also having small businesses owners in in the legislature is so very important. But again, having this balance of expertise uh, among all the representatives and all the senators is really uh, valuable.
0: Yeah, it's nice to have diverse skill sets. I think there's actually an event sponsored on the Hill in Advanced Manufacturing in the next week or so. So uh, that's an important activity in its own right. Again, on the on the kind of the policy side of these activities, we we as a state are focused on manufacturing. We're actually engaged in trying to ensure the rebirth of manufacturing. When you look, and one of the issues that I have is I see all the tax abatements in all the states, and rather than create new jobs, we use that to take jobs from one state and relocate them. Do you ever think about regional economic development as a construct for advanced manufacturing where we pool our assets to get more jobs? Or do you think the trend line of each individual state doing its own thing is going to continue into the future?
1: No, I th- I think you're right and in that the expansion of our current businesses should be about 80 or 90 percent of our focus. And, the, and the, the remaining of that be on, you know, attracting new companies. So, um, you know, as long as we're doing that and we're, we're creating this environment, this low-cost environment, and that means a lot of different things, uh, people will come here. And the abatements and the incentives up front are are really, uh, shouldn't be the focus. The focus should be that long-term cost and that long-term concern, will I be able to find the workforce? And will I, if I can't find the workforce, can I get them trained in a pretty short order? So as long as we continue focusing that on that, I think we win with regard to other states, in particular the ones here in the Midwest. If we can create this environment that lends itself to low cost in the long run, we win.
0: And we have a lot of skilled technical people in this state, both out of the two-year programs and out of the four-year programs. And as we go along, I think that's going to be our competitive advantage with other regions of the U.S. No
1: question, Marty. Uh, We can differentiate ourselves through our workforce. And at the moment, the 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 kids and and the training that's occurring in Ohio is very high quality. The problem is there's just not enough. So it's not it's a it's it's a quality it's a quantity problem rather not a quantity problem. It's, yeah. Sorry, it's a quantity <laughs> problem, not a quality problem. So
0: one of those challenges. Yeah. Um, when I was reading over your background, uh, which makes you even more intriguing, you do have real world experience in Japan, in Russia. As you travel around the world, how stiff is the competition today and what's it gonna look like tomorrow in terms of advanced manufacturing?
1: Well, the competition's getting stiffer and stiffer and we're seeing new markets open up all throughout Asia, a little bit maybe now in Africa to some extent. Uh, but, and then the other long time markets, Europe, Japan, the United States, we've had to adapt and get better and uh, there's nothing better than some good old competition to uh, get everybody to sharpen their pencil and and, uh, and do better and that's what we've done here in the united states so i think we can compete with anybody in the world uh, we've demonstrated that uh, we're seeing this reshoring effort go on where 20 to 30 percent of the business that went overseas is now coming back we've Uh, managed to be a benefit factor of that uh, new reshoring coming back. So we're very uh, excited about that. And I think we're going to see more and more of this manufacturing that left come back.
0: See, and that's a key ingredient of our overall economy. There's a great uh, study done years ago. uh, The guy's name at the time, Bob Brown, was the technical advisor, I believe, to Governor Taft. And it says, in Ohio, we make things. And that was our competitive posture, we make things. Uh, I do a lot of reading about innovation, and what's intriguing about innovation, it talks about all the companies that were spun out of the Bell Labs, RAND, and other companies like that, interestingly when i read the background of your company your dad spun it out of general motors should we be doing more of that you know using gm and the other major corporations as a catalyst to create new supplier networks
1: i don't see why not um we've seen this happen for the last several uh, generations actually many of these multi-generational companies started the founder started because he worked somewhere else and and started a business potentially in their garage or as a second job. If we can get back to that, that would be extremely, extremely valuable. But could I add one more thing, Marty, with regard to uh, uh, we make things in Ohio? I want to say something different going forward. I want to say, not only do we make things, but we grow it and we mine it. If we can do those three things, those are the, the three legs of the economic stool that if we can manage to say all three of those going forward, Ohio will be in great shape.
0: Yeah. When people take a look at your company, what most surprises them in terms of your over-skill-set and capabilities?
1: Well, the technology we employ is, uh, I think, uh, catches people's attention. But again, I'll go back to this uh, fact that um, the workforce is the absolute most important element of any business. Uh, You can have a fantastic facility, you can have state-of-the-art equipment, but if you don't have a workforce, to uh move that uh, company forward um you're going to struggle quite a bit
0: yeah absolutely so job one create the talent pool
1: create the talent pool we have a unique situation in ohio where the jobs are created actually there's many jobs going unfilled as many as a hundred thousand in the state of ohio so we don't have to talk about creating jobs we have to talk about how we're going to fill the ones that are currently being unfilled
0: yeah exactly um you know uh Sustainability, we use that term a lot, but sustaining what we have is also important. And uh, with all the trend changes that are going on, that's one of the key reasons for pushing the innovation. Because behind that is a competitiveness, be it in price, market access. How do you find, uh, or what is the best way to educate small manufacturers? How could you better help them penetrate new markets when you look at the challenges that are out there?
1: Well, I think there's several resources, um, the Small Business Administration. There's these industry associations like the ones we belong to. There's a wealth of information available in those associations. Um, we've been very active in ours. Uh, we do uh, all the national uh, meetings every year, the annual meetings. And uh, at those meetings, we have learned all kinds of things uh, from many different areas of uh, business, and I would highly recommend everybody to get involved in their associations, whichever one that is that benefits their business, and they're going to meet colleagues, and they're going to hear about best practices, and they're going to hear things that, uh, you know, as you go and you work in your businesses every day you sometimes tune out kind of things that are going on around you and you lose track of the innovation that might be happening just maybe in your backyard so you know creating these uh, these uh, groups of people that come together that do similar work and sitting down around a table and just talking about best practices goes a long way.
0: Mark I think that's uh, great advice for anyone that's listening to the show you got to get engaged to stay current And uh, trying to stay current with best management practices in manufacturing is is an added challenge because of the pace of technology. Uh, Again, there used to be a saying in D.C., uh, we don't buy green bananas. And the inference is things move so fast that you don't have the patience to watch them ripen. Mm. And I think that's absolutely Mm. true as well in the manufacturing industry. A lot of the companies that we interface with, the primes, they're looking at technology changing on six to twelve month centers. Mm-hmm. So being able mm-hmm. to rapidly uh, adapt mm-hmm. to that world, make the products they need, I'm sure it's got to be mm-hmm. challenging.
1: I tell you, it becomes a challenge uh, to get that, keep your workforce uh, upskilled, and as technology is changing every six or twelve months, it's very challenging to keep that workforce changing with that uh, technology so this lifelong learning kind of idea okay. absolutely becomes critical and if you're not doing that you can follow fall behind uh, very quickly
0: well we'd really like to thank you for being on the show today and we have a tradition our guests get the final word so is there any parting comment you would like to to give the listeners today in terms of you know what we're doing in this state what you're doing at your company that's the best takeaway for them
1: well, Marty, um, it's it's very clear to me that manufacturing is alive and well in the state of Ohio. And if for that matter, for in the United States, um, I'll say it, I've said it before, I'll say it again, that we can compete with anybody in the world. And uh, we're going to, I think people, are, companies are going to start, putting their businesses right here in Ohio and the Midwest, in particular Ohio, uh, because of that workforce and because of the talents that um, reside right here in the Midwest. Mark, thank you. You're welcome.